My name is Andrew Gomison, and it is my privilege to welcome you to the very first Speaking For Him podcast episode of 2024. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season with your family and friends, and that you are excited about what God is going to do in this new year. I can testify that God has been faithful through the years of this podcast and that he will continue to do so. One of the things I most like to do on this show is share the stories of others who have been touched and redeemed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And today, I have just such a story to share. I am privileged to share with you today an interview that I did with my good friend James Wisniewski. He is one of my former students at the Potter's House, and he has a powerful story of redemption that he wanted to share. So I'm excited to give him this platform, and I'm really excited to watch James grow in his faith and to seek opportunities to minister for the Lord because that really is his heart. And my hope is that he will be joining me on future episodes of the show as a co-host. So today is a wonderful opportunity to introduce him to you, and I will do that in just a minute. But first, let's look at our quote of the day. And our quote of the day comes from Romans chapter 7, and when I asked James about an important Bible verse to him, this is the verse that he directed me to. And it is Romans seven twenty four and 25, and it says this, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And Paul, as he's unfolding this passage of Scripture, he talks about the struggle that the Christian has between the sin nature and the godly nature that we are given. Now, the good news is that through our salvation, we are given the power to do the right thing. And as we progress in our Christian faith, we should be sinning less as we appreciate more the grace of God. But the reality is that we will not find true, complete perfection until we are on the other side of glory. So it is so important for us to realize that the Bible is not made up of super saints who finally got everything right and never did anything wrong. Rather, it is made up of flawed individuals who God used despite their flaws to accomplish his will. And the Apostle Paul is certainly one of those people, and I love the way that he shares the truth of his journey. I really think that's one of the ways that you can tell that the Bible is true because if it was just a book that Paul was writing for his own benefit, why would he spend time talking about his sinful nature? The reality is that apart from God, our hearts are evil and there's no hope for redemption. But God decided that we were worth saving and he took the time to formulate a plan of redemption before the foundations of the world. And then he put it into motion, and at the fullness of time, Christ came into the world, born of a woman, to redeem those 
who are under the law, and that's you and me. He said, I have come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law, because he was the only one that could. And I really think that this passage is a good jumping off point for our conversation. So I'm not going to delay any longer. I am simply going to say, I hope that you enjoy this interview that I have with my friend James Wisniewski and that you realize that the redemption that was worked in his life can be worked in yours as well. Well, I am very privileged today to have my friend James Wisniewski here on the podcast. James is one of my former students at the Potter's House Christian High School, and he and I had a really good time of fellowship a few weeks ago as of the time you are listening to this. And so I wanted to bring him on to share his story of his testimony of finding the Lord Jesus Christ and the ways that he's seeking to serve him today. And I thought what better way to kick off the new year than to hear that story. Uh, Because if you've listened to the speaking for him podcast for any length of time, you know that our purpose is to give you encouragement and admonishment on this journey that we call the Christian life. And so I'm very glad to have you here today, James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I want to start at the beginning and just have you tell me a little bit about your childhood and growing up years. Sure thing. Yeah. In my childhood, I um, grew up with both my parents together. My um, father uh, was in a previous divorce. So because of that, um, I had two uh, half-sisters and through my mother and my father being together, I had an older brother, a blood brother. And um, my father came from a background of Catholicism, while my mother's side was more of a background of Protestant. And um, as a child, I uh, grew up going to church every now and then, and I was always one of those kids that came in probably about 10 minutes into the sermon, and my Mother sometimes wasn't able to go very much because she had work. And as time went on, I would play probably a lot of video games, and I would rather want to do that than to go to church. And honestly, too, um, I used to play a lot outside in the yard and play with neighbor friends. It was just, that's kind of how I did things. It's kind of a fun childhood. I kind of played games outside with my friends that were kind of relating to the games I played. Kind of funny. (laughs) So you told me when we met together that you have been a believer in Jesus for about three years. Can you tell me how you came to know him personally? Yes, I can. What happened is, um, like I said, I had a little bit of a background, but honestly, I hate to say this, but I, wouldn't really, wouldn't have cared less about it. Um, and I remember when I was about 14 years old, my cousin's grandmother um, invited me to a revelation series at her church with my cousin involved too. And it was like a 26 week long thing. Um, I remember 
she had something with her walking, where if she walked, she would become unstable. She wouldn't be able to walk into like a straight line. So one day after the service, um, my cousin pulled me aside and they're praying over her and for that regard. And I remember when that happened, um, my cousin's like, wait a minute, James, watch this. This is how miracles happen. And at that moment, I was watching that happen. Um, the next week I saw her, she was able to walk like there was no problem. She was actually able to walk without a walker and perfectly fine. I was like, wow, what's going on here? And it was at that moment I started to question God a lot more. However, I tell people when I said I wanted to know more about God, I actually made a God that suited myself. And I thought reading the Bible out of context, that I had to become homeless to please God. And by doing that, it would make him happy and I'd be able to go to heaven. It was, it was really ugly. It led to a bunch of, um, Horrible debates with my mother and father trying to prove my point across the cherry-picking scripture. <laughs> and eventually, around the same time, too, I really, if I can confess this, like, I struggled with pornography. And I also very much, um, I, to this extent, I even catfished people out of pleasure. Eventually, um, at about 2021, early 2021, this same cousin, he's an incredible cousin, um, he invited me to go to this houseplant group. It's kind of like a Bible study. Each week, somebody leads differently. So the first time I went, I loved it because it's talking about the Bible, all in floor discussions. However, little did I know the next time I would go, my uncle would play an evangelist on the TV screen who would say this, quoting Matthew 5.28, You've heard a set of old that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, Whoever looks upon a woman with lust has committed adultery with her in his heart. At that moment, I didn't know what lust meant. So I remember I looked up on the Googler machine and it said strong sexual desire. And I was like, oh, shoot. I didn't realize what I was doing when I was lusting after these women by watching pornography. I didn't realize I was doing something that was offending God. And it made me realize who he is and what he must do to me. And not saying these are his only attributes, holy, righteous, and just, but also made me realize all the more what he must do to me. But then I, it makes me think of the verse from Romans 5, 8 that says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were yes, still sinners, Christ died for us. So it finally made sense what Christ did. I never understood what the sin aspect of was when I always used to say that Jesus died for my sins. I finally understood and I realized how amazing grace is. So you and I, as part of our discussion, talked a lot about ministry. And I know that you have a heart for ministry that is very similar to my heart, which was the impetus behind speaking for him. And one of the things that we talked about was the importance of multi-generational living and the fact that we need to learn from others. And we discussed the fact that there seems to be too much age-regulated segregation in activities, even among people in the church. So 
I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about what it meant to you because your previous job, you now work in a factory um, and you seem to be enjoying that and thriving there. And you can talk about that as well. But your previous job was working in a nursing home. And I just wanted to know if you had any reflections on that, maybe some lessons that you might have learned from the residents there during your time. The reason I bring this up is because you actually visited there before you visited with me and you were planning to be there for about an hour and you were there for about three hours. So obviously the people there mean a lot to you. So I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about how important it is to learn from the older generation and what you may have learned from them during your time there. Definitely. Um, that place was incredible. Really. I, um, awesome people. They're from the age ranges of 85 to like 96. And what went through my mind, honestly, was when one of the residents messaged me on Facebook saying, James, come back. We miss you. And I always put off, but I thought to myself, you know, I've been working a little bit part-time lately and I'm like, why not visit them? Because we're not guaranteed another day on this earth. And I honestly, when I was there, I learned some wonderful things from these older people. One of them was like an, a pastor at one point in his lifetime. So hearing his information input and to not only him encouraging me to um, for, continue to share the gospel, he um, was encouraged to hear um, about how I'm doing that with my life right now. And it's just hearing his um, life really makes me realize um, a life like a, this guy from my Bible study likes to say, a life so soon to pass, but things done for Christ will forever last. It, like, why wouldn't you want to hear from somebody who has experience? These people have gray hair. It shows you that they have something to share. And that there's only so many, like, they can learn from. And why not take advantage of that? It's not every day you get to do that. And it's an incredible experience. That is great to hear. And I really like what you said there about the need to learn from these people with gray hair. I think it's the Proverbs that say a hoary head is a crown of honor when found in the way of righteousness. And I know that people, you know, kind of, it's kind of a joke that when somebody's hair gets gray, they should dye it. So they look younger, which first of all, it's debatable whether very many people actually look younger when they dye their hair. Um, unless you prematurely gray, I feel like a lot of times you actually look older when you dye your hair. But beyond that, I think that that minimizes the truth of that scripture where gray hair is not something to be shunned, but is rather something to be embraced for the person that wears the gray hair. If they are, um, found in the way of righteousness if they have followed the Lord. I mean, as someone who's a relatively young Christian, I'm sure you would say that learning lessons from somebody that's been a believer for 40 or 50 years is an awesome privilege since you don't have that kind of experience. And even though I've been a Christian since a young boy, I always love 
hearing from people that have experiences in life and with Christ that I don't have. So we definitely need to uh, learn from them. And I really appreciate you following God's prompting to take that time because you're absolutely right. I mean, my brother uh, works at a uh, retirement community as well. And that's one thing that's a regular thing for them is having people pass away and then getting new people moving in the constantly moving thing, reminding you of the cycle of life. And so I think it's really great that you took that time. And I, I am sure that you will take future times so that you can learn from them. And I really feel as I told you in our discussion before that if we have people that we're teaching the word of God and people who are teaching us, that's a good way to live a balanced life. So you've moved on from the nursing home and now you're working at a factory. So if you wanted to talk a little bit about what that has meant to you, that would be great. And then we'll segue from that into just talking about what your vision is for ministry. Yeah. As of lately, I guess for about the past 10 months now, um, I have been working at a factory called Mall Belting Systems. It's a Christian-owned business. A wonderful brother also um, recommended this job to me. He's awesome. Um, This job has been really actually... I never would have thought I would meet so many Christians there to talk to. Not going to lie. God's providence, I guess. Um, Everything's God's providence. But seriously, um, it's been incredible. Um, for example, um, one day I remember I was working on a, um, like a motor pulley of sorts and one of the people peered his head over and he's like, Hey, you're so-and-so's friend, right? I'm like, yeah. Are you a Christian by any chance? I'm like, yeah, I am. And I eventually (laughs) got to bond with this guy because he was a Christian too. And we talked about the Bible for like 45 minutes while we were working and it was really it was a lot of fun and it just it, it's kind of crazy how many christians are here and on top of that if i may bring up this it just came to my mind the other day um one of my uh co-workers um came up to me and said uh, i i asked him actually i was like hey do you need any prayer today by any chance i've been asking that people on my on the shop floor and one day he texted me and said, hey, James, I actually need some prayer for this guy at work. I just talked to him about the Bible and things of God. And I was wondering if you have some Bible verses I could give him because he was fearing about World War Three. And I was like, oh, yeah, I would definitely pray for you. That's an awesome thing that you just shared with me. That's encouraging. And not only that, yeah, of course, I'll give you some Bible verses. So I gave him a bunch of Bible verses, and he's like, thanks. And every now and then he gives me a message saying of the encounters he's had there. I thought that was really kind of, not going to lie, really encouraging. And it just, and not not on top of that, my uh, shipping advisor, I work in shipping, is also a Christian. And every now and then we kind of talk about these things. And I also bring up to him, too, if he ever needs any prayer and I do vice versa. I, I say it to him too. I was like, Hey, can you pray for me in this regard? And it's, it's just so cool. I never would have thought that God would place these people in my life. So it's really cool. 
Well, I definitely believe that God is weaving a tapestry with our lives and the people that he puts into our lives are part of that tapestry. And sometimes you don't realize how blessed you are until you step back and you think about all the friends and relationships you have. And and you say, well, God, you've really done some good work here in giving me a friend support system to share my burdens and to encourage me and to just make life a better experience for me. And so I'm very thankful for that. And it's, it's good to know that you are in a place where God is providing for you spiritually as well as for your living. Um, And it's so great when those things can combine. I know that I have said on numerous occasions that I've been blessed to work for three different organizations where I felt like the paycheck was the bonus. I loved what I was doing so much that it was almost like every payday I would be like reminded that I actually get to get paid for doing what I love. And there's really no greater feeling than that. You know, there's a saying that says, if you find work you love, you'll never work a day in your life, which may be slightly exaggerated because we all have hard days at work. We all have long days, but there's a lot of truth to that because when you find something that you're passionate about, your passion drives your work ethic and that can be a really good thing. And when it's something that challenges you spiritually as well as um, provides for your physical needs, that's an awesome combination. So one of the things you mentioned to me when we were talking previously was that you are in the beginning stages of launching a ministry of your own. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, this uh, summer, actually, even further than that, before I even was saved, the cousin I brought up, he's been there for me before I even was saved. Um, he was bringing up to me, because he was saved at this time, about how he was thinking about starting a ministry of sorts. And um, eventually, after I got saved, it's always been on the back burner of my mind. I tell people the day I got saved, that God has set on my heart to seek and save what is lost and uh, share the message of eternal life by which God has saved me through. Why not? That's incredible. Um, And I've always thought it'd be really cool to do something like that as like a full-time job or just something in that regard. And this summer, my cousin and I were on vacation and we had so much time on our hands that we're like, you know, why not finally do that thing we talk about, this ministry? He's like, you know, let's do it. So we kind of did a lot of research on it. And we are um, we wrote down a constitution, everything. And we're right now laying down the foundations. And we're going to see where it goes from there and start working on it. And that's kind of why I'm working part-time at the moment for. And what we're hoping for is to make a ministry that helps equip Christians to share their faith. But not only that for uh, non-believers to get saved through the message of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And um, we will do that through uh, giving out, uh, selling gospel tracts, doing podcasts like this one. (laughs) And um, also by um, 
providing evangelistic videos. And by doing that to um, help out people who do not know how to share their faith, because I know that's a common thing in the church that people don't really know how to do. And it's always a great thing to learn. And it's quite exciting. And there's a lot of things too, of course, but we pray that if the Lord's willing, it will become a thing. Do you have a name for your ministry at this point? Yes. It's called Earned Wages, based around Romans 6.23. That goes, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I did want to add something on that idea of learning how to share your faith. I think it is important to learn how to share your faith, but I think it's also important that we make sure that we have the right emphasis because a lot of times people think that sharing your faith is all about going through the Romans road or having five or six verses at the ready always to share with people. And surely that is part of it and and should be part of it because you should be relying on scripture to share your faith. But I think that a lot of people, when they think about that, they discount the power of personal testimony. Like you and I, or you and someone else can sit and, and debate or talk about theological things for minutes or hours or days, and it may not resonate. But when you tell a personal story, when you say, this is who I was before I was saved, or this is who I was before God got a hold of me and I rededicated my life to Christ, because my story is that I got saved as a young boy, and I know that I was saved gloriously and eternally. I know that my eternity was secure, but I argued with God for the first nine years of my salvation about my physical limitations um, because I'm in a wheelchair. I've been in a wheelchair since, um, since I was a young child, I never walked. So I got my first wheelchair at two, my first electric wheelchair at five. Um, but then God got a hold of me and said, you need to dedicate your whole life to me and let me use you. And you don't have to be healed to do that. I can use you the way you are as long as you're yielded to me. And then God has done amazing and wonderful things since then. But my point being that theological and doctrinal discussions are important, but the most important starting point to sharing your faith with anyone is to share your story and to say, this is who I was and I'm not the same anymore. And the difference between what I was and what I am is one person, and that is Jesus. So I just wanted to add that part in there, and I hope that that is encouraging both to you, James, and also to those who are listening. Um, as we continue on, do you have any specific prayer requests that myself and those who are listening can take before the Lord? Yeah, I have two that come to mind. Um, first of all, pray that I will not fall into temptation. 
think we can all say that, specifically for pornography, because like I said, I was once a slave to that, but now, praise God, through Jesus Christ, I'm free from that. And the other being um, the ministry, obviously, because like I say, if the Lord wants it to happen, he'll let it happen. And I want this to become a full-time job. But if God does not want it to happen, he will not make it happen. So whatever goes on, let the Lord be glorified. Absolutely. And that's another thing that we need to take under advisement is a lot of times when we choose to do the things that God tells us to do, he will bless them. But he has a different economy of scale than we do. Um, because like, I know for myself, when I first surrendered to ministry, I thought, well, I'm going to be speaking, you know, 45 to 50 Sundays a year. I'm going to have a hard time, uh, with keeping my appointments straight. I'm going to to turn a bunch of people down and that just hasn't been the case, but I know whether it's feast and I'm speaking all the time for periods of time or whether it feels like famine and I'm only speaking every once in a while. I know that as long as I stay on the road of doing his will, then I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so I just want to encourage you that it may not be an all or nothing proposition that it may be a situation where you start small and you grow, but whatever happens, you continue be faithful. So we will certainly be praying. I will certainly be praying uh, for that to happen. I have talked to James about being an apprentice of sorts here on the Speaking Vroom podcast and potentially doing some co-hosting with me in the future. So you can be praying for both of us that we figure out exactly what that's going to look like. But I know the best way to learn a craft is to do it. And so I'm excited to welcome James to the podcast, not just for today, but hopefully for some episodes in the future. And I'm just excited what the Lord will do. And I remember, I think it was DL Moody said that he wanted to be an example of what God could do when a man's heart was fully devoted to him. And of course we are imperfect human beings. So we won't get the wholly devoted thing exactly right until glory. But we will spend our lives crying to do that because we are called to strive toward holiness because the one who called us said, be holy for I am holy. And so that's the standard that we are to strive to. We know that we can't achieve it ourselves. That's why it says in second Corinthians um, chapter five, verse 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. God made us his righteousness um, because of his sacrifice. And we are very thankful. So James, I know that you love the Bible. You love to study the Bible, but I'm wondering if there is a particular Bible verse right now that has been resonating with you, or maybe a verse that God gave you shortly after you were saved that has become your life verse that you'd like to share with us. 
I would like to say versus because if I say one, it would be kind of like a cliffhanger. <laughs> this one being uh, Romans seven twenty four through 25. I like to tell people I'm a wretch saved by grace. Amazing grace. <laughs> that goes, what a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this body that is subject to death? Praise be to God who delivers me from death through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It really emphasizes, like, it makes me realize who I am and who delivers me from death. Jesus Christ. Nothing I will do. Only Christ. And it's a good reminder, especially, and I think for whoever is listening, it's a good reminder that when we do fall into sin, who's our advocate? Who's our mediator? Who's the one who gets us in right standing with God? Wow. Just like you said, the righteousness of God. Because of Christ, we can be seen as righteous before God. And it's only because of Christ. And what a comfort and a rest. How we can rest in that is comforting and incredible. I can't even begin to ponder on it. And that's a verse I ponder on like every day. Like, why God? Why me? And it makes me rest upon his promise that he'll never change his mind. And just, it's incredible, really. I think it's in one of the epistles. I think it might be Thessalonians where it says, not according to our righteousness as he saved us, but according to his mercy and his righteousness. And that's a paraphrase, but it really takes the impetus off what we can do and puts it on what he does through us. Now, don't get me wrong. God calls us to do good works. Uh, we are supposed to show forth good works in order to bring glory to our Father in heaven. If we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, we will want to do good works. That is a good barometer for us to keep in mind. But good works will not get us to heaven. We will never be good enough. We can only rely on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of religions in the world who have this long list of things that you need to do in order to be good enough. And to my knowledge, none of them have a way to be completely sure that they are good enough. They just keep trying and striving for that perfect standard, which no one can achieve. The book of James tells us that if we are guilty in one point, we are guilty in all. So that kind of takes any sense of self-righteousness off the board. Um, but the good news is that through Jesus, we can achieve heaven and we can achieve perfection um, because he views us as righteous. And one day we will all be changed into righteousness for all eternity. Um, our corruptible bodies will put on incorruption. Our mortal bodies will put on immortality. I'm particularly excited about that because there will be no wheelchairs in heaven. And uh, so I'll be walking around and probably running a lot because I have not done any running in this life. So just really excited that I can have joy and peace here on earth. Um, as Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundant. I believe that starts now. It doesn't just start in eternity. But in eternity, it's going to be so much better because now we see through a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face.
Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners, James? I just wanted to share this little story, if I may, real quick. Um, I just think it's uh, important to realize how much God has changed me. But I mentioned about how at one point in my life I catfished after people. I remember I me the day I got saved, I felt entirely guilty of that about what I've done to those people. And I remember I tried to find those people again and tell them how sorry I was and to tell them what God has done for me. Thankfully, one of the people I met where I probably went the furthest with, I was able to contact them and I said to them, Hey, I wanted to say how sorry I was and what I've done to you. You didn't deserve that at all. I repented in front of them too. Um, and I brought up about what God's done for me and why I'm asking for his forgiveness. And thankfully he forgave me. Praise God. Um, and I turned that whole entire situation around and I, I couldn't have just left that comment out of there. I wanted to share that because it just shows you how much God has changed me that I once loved my sin and all these things like, like a kid loves his teddy bear, but now I hate it, (laughs) which is weird to say for a child loving their teddy bear, but that's what it's really like. And I just, I just think that was an incredible experience. I was able to tell somebody like that, how sorry I was and get that resolved and tell them the amazingness of what God's done that can be extended to them as well. That's great, James. Well, I have one final question that I've been asking people uh, for a while now. And that is as we close out 2023 and we're looking toward 2024. Um, what is God teaching you currently in life? Are there any big lessons that are jumping out? Definitely. Honestly, the two things that come to mind immediately is realizing more and more how much I fall short of God's standard, but how amazing grace is. Like I've understood uh, okay, it's a continuous thing I'm learning, but um, how I'm seen before God is righteous because of Christ. That is something I've been pondering on over and over, like I said previously. It's incredible, and it makes me all the more um, assured that when I do sin, it makes me realize, like I said, I have an advocate with the Father, and it's just it's nothing I do. It's Christ, and it's comforting in knowing that. And not only that, I've been reading a lot of the book of Malachi and looking up things about that, and work has been stressful, and that's not a surprise. (laughs) And um, when I do get stressed out, I've been recently pondering on and resting on that God knows what he's doing. He's in control of everything. And that if he wants something to happen, he'll let it happen. If not, so be it. I can press upon that he knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. So that's something that's been helping me a lot lately. 
And it helps me a lot with a lot of things. Like, for instance, that I have a doctor's appointment and I'm nervous about it a little bit. But honestly, not as nervous as I really would be because I know that if God, um, whatever God does, let his name be glorified. He can give life and he can take life. And it's comforting to know that I'm in Christ and whatever happens, I'm secure with him. I, I'm reconciled to him. Amen. And Jesus did a complete job on the cross. He said, it is finished. There's nothing that you can add to his sacrifice to make it good enough because he's already done the work. Uh, in Philippians chapter two, it says, for it is God who worketh in you, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. And so I hope that those who are listening today will be encouraged that God is the one that does the work and he does not do a half job. We may because we fall short, but he doesn't because he keeps his promises. And as we have recently celebrated the Christmas season, that whole season is based on the fact that God is a promise-keeping God. And as we look forward to the year 2024, again, we can reflect on the refrain that God is a promise-keeping God. And so I thank you so much for being with us today, James. If anybody has any feedback on this interview, please feel free to share it with me with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show. And if you have anything to directly say to James, I will make sure to pass it on to him. Again, looking forward to hopefully having him on a number of times in the year 2024. And we're both excited to see what God will do as we continue to seek to serve the best masters. Have a great day, everybody, and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 